Well, so we are, we are in the Big Five series, and, and the, the idea behind this series is that these are the five biggest questions um, that Jesus asked us. They're the five biggest questions. You saw a lot of questions pop up on the screen. You get asked questions every day. Um, I, I, we talked about some of those questions last week. Um, but these are the five questions that we most need to answer from God. And so we're in question number two, which is obviously who day, right? No, well, there are some groans. No, it's not who day. I'm sorry. Okay, tough crowd. Um, but, but today we're jumping into the, the second question, and, and I just want to start, and I want to say that, that the purpose behind this series is that we want you to know Jesus more. We want you to walk with Jesus every day and to know that Christ is in you and working in your life. Our, our vision here at the church is upward, outward, forward, and the first part of that is upward, that we want every person that walks in the doors of this church, whether they're a Christian yet, whether they've been a Christian their whole lives, to grow closer to Jesus. And, and that's what this series is all about, is growing closer to Jesus, becoming more like Christ. And so we started last week, and there are some books down here that are available. If you weren't here last week, um, these books are available. They're a journaling guide. There's an insert in there that gives you the five questions. And what we want you to do is every day we want you to follow along with the scriptures that we have, and we want you to ask yourself these five questions, the big five and, and I believe that if you will do that, in fact, I know that if you will take time every day to spend time with Jesus and to ask these questions, I know that you will grow closer to God and you will become more like Christ. So I want to invite you to do that. Um, we started last week with the first question, which is, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And, and Peter said, you're the Messiah, you're, you're our king. And, and so we started last week, this is the most important question that you have to know who Jesus is in your life. And Jesus can be a lot of things. Jesus can be a good teacher. Jesus can be a prophet. Jesus can be all those things. That's what other people may say. But Jesus is our Messiah. Jesus is our King. And so that was the first question, who do you say that I am? And here's the cool part. Jesus is our King. Jesus is our Messiah. But Jesus didn't come to sit in a palace or on a throne far away from us. Jesus didn't come to separate himself from us just to accomplish something. But this is important to what we're going to talk about today. Jesus came that one of the, the names we use, we talk about the names of God. One of the names we use for Jesus is Emmanuel, which is God with us. The truth is, Jesus came to be our Messiah and to be our King, but Jesus came to be with us, to be a part of our lives. And so today, I want us to look into the second question, but I want us to be fully aware that Jesus is living in us and is at work in our lives. Not just 2,000 years ago, but yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, that Jesus is in us and living and working in our lives. And so that brings us to the, the second big question, and that is this. Do you understand what I have done for you? This is an important question. Today we're going to ask the question, do you understand what Jesus has done for you? 
And we're not, once again, we're not talking about 2,000 years ago. We are talking about 2,000 years ago, but we're also talking about last week, yesterday. Do you understand what I have done for you? So there are really three things we're going to look at in this question, and we're going to start by reading John chapter 13, and, and this is kind of long, so I'll read it, and you can just follow along on the screen, but, but this is what John 13 says. It says, it was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. And Peter says, no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And Peter, in, in typical Peter fashion, Peter, then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? There's the question. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. And very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Did you guys follow along with me there? I know anytime we read something that long, it's hard to stay with me. But, but there's a story happening here. Jesus is with his disciples. And, and I want us to look, we're going we're gonna to break this down into parts, and I want us to look at the different things that happen here, but I want us to see three things from this scripture that will help us answer the second question, the second of the big five. So, so first, let's look at the beginning. Jesus is with his disciples. It says it, it's the Last Supper, it's the Passover feast, and so Jesus is with his disciples. He's been with them, he's been ministering to them, he's been teaching them, he's been leading them, and they come to the table. And they're eating together. And it says a few things here. It says, number one, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and to go to the Father. See, Jesus knows exactly why he came to earth. Jesus knows exactly what's about to happen, which is what? Somebody help me out. He's going to go die on a cross. He is going to pay the price for all of mankind's sin to make us right. 
And so Jesus comes to a meal with his disciples. He knows what's coming. He knows that he's coming to the end of his time. And so he knows his time is coming to an end. That's important because I want you to feel this. So Jesus has been with these disciples. He's taught them. He's done miracles. And he sits down at a table with them knowing that this is one of the last times that they will be together. The second thing is that Jesus knows that one of the disciples is going to betray him. In verse 2 and in verse 11, it talks about the fact that Judas has already, the, the wheels have already started turning, the, the plan has come into motion that Judas is going to betray Jesus, and that's how ultimately Jesus will be captured and be taken to the cross. And so, so what we see in this scripture is that not only does Jesus know his time is coming to an end, but he knows that the reason his time is coming to an end, the person that has betrayed him is sitting at the table with him. This is really important. Jesus knows what's about to happen. He knows that Judas has, has turned on him. And then the third thing we see is that Jesus knows exactly who he is. And by he, I mean Jesus. It says Jesus knew that God had placed all things under his feet. So I'm, I'm, I'm painting a picture for you here. Jesus, last time with his disciples, Jesus, Jesus knows that he's about to die. Jesus knows that one of the people there is going to betray him, has already betrayed him. Jesus, Jesus knows how powerful and how big. He's the son of God. He's the Messiah. He's the Redeemer. And the last thing circles back around to verse 1. It says, having come to the end of his time, he had loved his people. Now he would love them to the end. So the last thing we see is even though Jesus knows his time is coming to an end, even though he knows Judas is betraying him, even though he knows he's high and mighty and he's a, the name above all other names, Jesus loves his disciples. I don't want you to miss this today. Jesus loved his disciples. And so that's the setting, that's the context for this act of service that we saw in the story. What's the act of service? Answer it with me. He washes his disciples' feet. So Jesus is there with the disciples. He knows his time is coming to an end. He knows Judas is going to betray him. He knows he's, he's the Messiah, the King of Kings, and he loves his disciples. And so what he does is he gets up and he does something crazy. I mean crazy. We don't understand this. How many of you like washing people's feet? No hands. Zero. Well, I didn't look at the balcony. Sorry, balcony, I can't see you. There's lights. But no hands. Because we don't want to wash each other's feet, right? Have any of you ever been to a, like a church event or, or an event where they made you wash someone else's feet? How did that feel? Weird. <laughs> Terrible. And we wear socks and shoes. Jesus is at the meal with the disciples. He's in one of his last times with them. And he stands up. And he takes out, off his outer garments and he wraps a towel around his waist. And he starts going around washing his disciples' feet. I don't, if you've never had someone wash your feet, it's incredibly awkward. But it's incredibly intimate. And, and this act of love and service that Jesus does is an amazing act of love. But it's also 
insane. Because the task of washing feet in this day was not done by the Messiah, by the King of Kings. In fact, the task of washing people's feet wouldn't be done by somebody who was a peer of yours. The, the disciples wouldn't wash each other's feet. In fact, the Jewish servants would not wash other people's feet because that was below them. You know who would wash people's feet? The Gentile slaves. The people that were the, the lowest of the low. This was a task that was held out for the lowest of the low, the people that were at the bottom rung of society. And Jesus, remember last week we asked the question, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God, you're the King of Kings. The Messiah stands up and lowers himself to the lowest of the low to serve his disciples. Why did he do that? Why do you do that? Because he loves them. Because he loves them and he came to serve. I was thinking about this and, and I'm sure there's a better, I hope there's a better example than this, but every once in a while I'll work late, we'll have a meeting, something like that, and I won't get dinner until after that meeting. Sometimes I eat dinner at 9 p.m. or even 10 p.m. And usually when I eat dinner after 9 p.m., there's two options. Anyone want to guess those options? No, not beat up. Well, occasionally beat ups, but White Castle, thank you. But now Arby's is, that's a little late for Arby's. Arby's is a normal time food. So you got to understand there's normal time restaurants and then there's after hours. And so I'll just, Waffle House is one of those. I don't go there. That's fine. So White, White Castle and Taco Bell are my go-tos. All right. Are you getting to know me a little bit better? Yeah, I got good taste in food. And so occasionally, I'll work late, I'll have a meeting, I'll stop by Taco Bell on the way home, I'll grab myself, unfortunately the nacho fries are gone, so I can't do that anymore, but I'll grab myself a couple Dorito Taco Locos. Those things are loco, and they're good. And I'll get myself a meal, and I'm hungry because it's been a while since lunch, I usually eat lunch not any later than noon, and so if I get to 9 o'clock, I'm pretty hungry. And so I'll grab my food, and I'll go home, and I'll walk in the door, and I'll plop down on the chair, and I'll put my food down. And you know what happens next? Four boys. <laughs> I mean, it's just like mosquitoes to a light. And, and they come up, and usually it's two of them. But they come right up, and they say, can I have one of those? Can I have one of those? Can I, can I have one of those? knowing good and well that they've already eaten dinner. But because I'm such a great, loving father, occasionally I will share one of my tacos or one of my White Castle sliders with them because that's just how wonderful I am, right? Are you? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's not so crazy, but Jesus' act of love for his disciples of washing their feet is crazy. And, and I want us to understand this, that it is love that drove Jesus to serve his disciples. I think sometimes we think that, that God and Jesus are just trying to teach us lessons, like maybe he just washed their feet so that they could learn a lesson. Maybe, maybe he... I think that's true that they, they did learn a lesson, 
Ultimately, it says in verse 1, having loved them, he would love them to the end. The reason Jesus gets up and washes his disciples' feet is because he absolutely loves them. I've got some good news for you this morning, and this is the first of three things that we're going to focus on. You are loved by God. I don't know if anyone's told you they loved you today, but I'm telling you that God loves you. And we talked earlier about the fact that Jesus didn't come to sit in a palace and to judge from on high, and Jesus didn't come just to accomplish this great thing, but leave us on the outside. Jesus came to walk with us every day because Jesus loves us. See, he had an ultimate mission to bring salvation to all who would follow him, but here he shows that he's about more than just offering us a golden ticket. Jesus loves us. Jesus wants to serve us. Jesus wants to walk with us. And so Jesus, through this act of love and humility, that Jesus shows that his mission is to serve, to cleanse, and to transform those who follow him. And so I want you to understand something today. God loves you. And God doesn't love you from on high in a, in a throne somewhere separated. I don't believe that God is in heaven, but I believe that God loves us so much and wants to live in us and wants to help us, wants to serve us, wants to teach us, wants to transform us. Because God loves us. See, here's the thing. Think about it. Jesus could have come and lived in a palace and lived perfectly and been separated from his people and died on the cross and paid the price for our sins. But Jesus chose to come and walk with his disciples every day. And as we talked about earlier, Jesus sent his spirit to live in us because Jesus loves us and Jesus is making us into something. He's loving us, he's serving us, he's teaching us, and he's transforming us. And so you're loved and God is working in your life, for your life, and through your life. See, wouldn't it stand to reason that if Jesus loved his disciples that much, these disciples who blew it all the time, these disciples, this disciple who's going to betray him, if he loved the disciples that much, and he walked with them every day and took the time to care for their needs and wash their dirty feet, and if Jesus said, I'm going to send my spirit to live in you, to help you, then doesn't it make sense? That God is living in us and working every day, washing our feet, providing our needs, serving us, and transforming us. This is why we have the Spirit. And so Jesus loves and Jesus serves. Verse 6 says he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize what I'm doing, but later you're going to understand. See, Peter doesn't get it, and Peter's appalled by the fact that Jesus wants to wash his feet because, as we saw last week, Peter, this is the Messiah. This is the King of Kings. This is below you, Jesus. 
And so Peter didn't understand in verse 8, no. Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that's, that is why he said not everyone was clean. I want us to see this really quick. I don't want us to miss this part of the story because this is super important to us. You see, in this part of the conversation, Jesus is making a very clear point to his disciples. And so, so the easy way for us to answer the question, what do you know what I've done for you? The second question of the big five, the easy way for us to answer the question, the way we usually answer the question is by saying things like this. You died for me. You offer me salvation. You, you went to a cross and rose from the grave. You gave everything for me. Our typical answer to the question, what have you done for me, all revolves around what Jesus did after this meal. But, but Jesus teaches us something here. Jesus makes it clear that that's not all that he was up to. See, he was washing their feet. Why was he washing their feet? This is a pretty simple answer. I'm not looking for anything profound. Why was he washing their feet? Because they were dirty. Because <laughs> dirty feet need washed, right? And, and so... We usually think when we say, do you understand what I've done for you? When we think about what Jesus, what God has done for us, our answer is usually, God, you came, you, Jesus, you came, you died on a cross, you rose from the grave, and you gave me forgiveness for my sins. And that's not the wrong answer. But Jesus then continues to walk with his disciples every day. He washes their feet. He serves them. He teaches them, as we said. See, here's the thing. The cross and the empty grave and the forgiveness of sins are the beginning of our journey. But that's not the end of Jesus' work in our life. You can accept Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. You can say, I know who you are, Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're the King of Kings. You're the Lord of my life. But guess what? Just like the disciples, you're going to get dirty every once in a while. You're going to need some help. You're going to need some cleansing. The truth is, our walk with Jesus doesn't end when we sign on the dotted line and say we're a Christian. But Jesus continues to work, to transform us, to serve us, to teach us. And, and so, so Jesus says, I'm washing your feet. Peter says, no, don't do it. Jesus says, if I don't do it, then you have no place with me. And Peter says, okay, well then wash all of me. And you know what Jesus says? He says, you don't need all of you washed because I took care of that. You just need your dirty feet washed. I think sometimes we as followers of Christ, and, and I'm not saying that everyone in here is a follower of Christ, but if you are, that sometimes we need our feet washed. Sometimes we need Jesus to not just do the work that happened 2,000 years ago, but we need Jesus to teach us and correct us and serve us 
and change us today. What does that look like? Well, maybe Jesus needs to give you an attitude adjustment. Jesus needs to give me regular attitude adjustments. Maybe Jesus needs to help you love your spouse better. Maybe Jesus needs to help you love your kids better. Maybe Jesus needs to help you work on your temper. Maybe you have a need in your life, and Jesus helps meet that need. Maybe there's healing. Maybe you've gotten a little bit off track in your relationship with God. You said that prayer, you signed on the dotted line, but things have been difficult. I got good news for you. The God, the Jesus, who's the Messiah, the King of all kings, is living in you. And Jesus, when your feet gets dirty, wants to wash them for you. He wants to keep you clean. And so you have a God that loves you. And, and you have a God that's at work in you. That's good news. See, I think we, I think we get into the, the trap that Peter gets into where we say, okay, I accept Jesus. That's your work, Jesus. Now my work is to maintain my relationship with you. So if, if my attitude's a little bit off, then I need to get some coaching. I need to go to a class. I need to punish myself. I need to discipline myself better, and I need to fix the problem. Because you did your work, now I got to do my work. Or, hey, I'm not doing such a great job loving my spouse. So I guess I got to I guess I got to talk to some people who know how to do that and I got to learn and I got to fix the problem. See, Peter, this is the crazy thing. Peter says you're the Messiah, you're the king. You're too good to wash my feet. But in doing that, he's denying Jesus lordship over him. See, Jesus says, I don't just want to go to a cross and rise from a grave. I want to walk with you every day. I want to wash your feet when they're dirty. And it's not our job to continually wash our feet. We have a Savior who lives in us that wants to continually cleanse us. And so we fall into this mistake of thinking that we've got to do this journey on our own. That we have this God that sits in a throne that did a great work for us, but now I've got to figure it all out, and i got to get myself right so that I'm worthy to be in the presence of God. But what Jesus teaches the disciples right here is, no, I didn't just come for the throne and for the cross and to raise from the dead. I came to walk with you. I came to work on you. I came to help you become more like me. And so number one, good news today, you are loved by the God, the Messiah, the King of all kings. Number two, the Holy Spirit, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. And when you fly off the handle and blow it with your kids, when you have a week where maybe you're just a little bit too focused on yourself, when you just have some some real need, and you're stuck. The really good news is this. The king of all kings, the Messiah, wants to help you, wants to walk with you, wants to teach you, wants to serve you, wants to transform you. So God loves you. God is at work in you. That's the second thing. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. See, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And so, God loves you. God is at work in you. And this is the third thing. See, as usual, when Jesus works in, his li- when our, and Jesus works in our lives... When Jesus does a work in the disciples' lives, as usual, Jesus then calls them to do something for others. Because like I said, God's not just there to give you a golden ticket. God is coming alongside you to transform you, to help you be a partner in the kingdom. And so Jesus says, I have served you, I have humbled myself to the lowest spot, I have loved you, I have met your needs, and I've set an example for you that now you should go and love others and serve others. This is really cool. I did a wedding this last week. It was like a 10-minute wedding. I only got to say a few words. But one of the things I, I said to, to the couple is this, and I believe this with all my heart. When you know that the Messiah, the King of all kings, loves you, when you know that the God that created everything is at work in your life, meeting your needs, teaching you, leading you, guiding you, guess what? It frees you to love and serve others. The truth is, in your marriage, if you find your love and your identity and your acceptance in the King of kings, You're going to be free to love so much more, so much better. Because, see, when my relationship with you, when I have to get acceptance and love and all of that stuff from you in order to be okay, when I don't get it, where am I left? But Jesus loves you. Jesus is at work in you. All you need is Jesus. So guess what? You're now free to offer everything you've got to love And to serve others. Being loved by God frees us to love others. Because Jesus didn't come to offer us a golden ticket, but Jesus came to serve us, to change us, to transform us, and to use us to change the world around us. And so, your love today... God is at work in you today. Literally every day you have the Spirit of God living in you, helping you. And you are called to love and to serve others with everything you have. Why is the question, do you understand what I've done for you, so important? Why is that question so important? Because if we will understand the love that God has for us, if we will understand the work that God is doing in us, then we will become who God calls us to be. And we will love and we will serve others. See, if we don't take the time to acknowledge that God is working in us and doing something in us and through us, then we'll soon forget that God is working. We'll soon start to think, It's just about me. We'll soon start to feel abandoned. This happens over and over in Scripture. But God loves you today. God is at work every day in your life. 
And if you'll remember that, and if you'll see that, and if you'll know what God is doing, it will free you to serve and to love others. And so the calling is simple today. Number one, we need to know that God has worked and is working in and for you. And then number two, we need to go to work to love and to serve others. I'm going to have Mike come up, and, and I want us to close off this time together. I want us to close our time together by really thinking about this. So we're going to enter into a time of prayer, of meditation, and of worship together. And what I want you to do is this. I'm going to give you some freedom here. But I want us to pray together. I want us to spend some time quietly before God. But I want you to think about the question, do you understand what I've done for you? And there's, there's three parts of this. The first part is this. Do you understand what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago, the work of salvation that Jesus did in your life? Do you understand what Jesus did for you? The second question is this. Do you understand that God is at work in you today, last week, next week? I want you to see the ways that God has worked in your life. And number three, I want us to ask the question, what is our response to that? Knowing that we're loved, knowing that God's at work, what do we do? And so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to kind of lead us in a time of prayer and, and quietness. And some of you may have your journal. If you have your journal, pull it out. If you don't, that's okay. There's a card in the seat in front of you. And there's pens in the seat in front of you. And I really want you to ask yourself this question. I want you to hear Jesus ask you this question today. Do you understand what I've done for you? And so take a card out, take a piece of paper out, bow your head. However it is you're going to respond to this, we're just going to spend about five minutes. And we're really going to try to understand what God has done and is doing in our life and what God wants us to do. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be with this wonderful family, these wonderful friends. And I thank you for what you, what you accomplished when you came to earth. I thank you for your great love for us that would bring you to humble yourself, to cleanse us, to wash our feet, to ultimately go and die on a cross so that we could be free and we could know you and we could be a part of your kingdom. And so, Lord, I pray that each and every one of us right now would just take some time and maybe it's, maybe it's writing something down, but I pray that each and every one of us would think about the great things you've done for our lives. And so, Lord, we spend some time in silence. We spend some time reflecting on who you are and what you've done for us right now.